What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Strictly MMA Talk Show. As always, both your hosts, James and Nate. Big fucking fight week this week. UFC 268 press conference was wild. The fights are going to be even crazier. Nate, how we feeling over there, my man? We're feeling good, man. We're feeling good, but I'm not going to take up too much of the uh, spotlight over here in the intro. Um, do you want to announce how you did last week, James? Oh, how we did on Strictly Bets? The... Uh, the inaugural week. Look, I just I, I want to put this out there too. I want to put this out there as well because for years, Nate, years, people have asked me for free plays. People have asked me for free picks. People have asked me for free bets, and I've won people money. And I didn't ask for I didn't ask for a percentage off the top of that. I didn't ask for anything in return. I didn't ask for shit. I come out with strictly bets. I drop it to a low price of ten dollars. You get a full. You get the full fight card, you get parlays, you get underdogs. And I didn't, Nate, I didn't see any of those names buy any of those picks. That's no, so where, fucking crazy well, to where me. Where did they go? Where'd they go, man? You know, all that, all that support, all that. Oh, dude, like what, what plays you got this weekend? Oh, what do you got this? Fuck you guys. I know the names. I see the address. I got all that shit. None of you, none of you bought the picks at a low price, Nate, of $10. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's a steal, bro. That's a steal. I mean, for $10 for every fight, every fight, every single fight, all 15 fights. And you want to know what we did at, at, on those 15 fights, Nate? I would love to. 11 for 15. That's a, so for all you finance experts, for all you math experts out there, that's 74%. That's 74% smarter than your dumbass because you probably didn't pick the fights better than I did. You want to know why? Because nobody does. This is what I've been telling people. I pick the fights. I get this shit right. You want to know why, Nate? Because I'm the fucking best. That's why. So everybody who asked me for free plays, I'm a little heated right now. Because yeah, I, I was I expecting to see those names. I was expecting to see. I'm like, oh, they'll show love. They'll show support for Strictly Bets. I mean, I put out a poll. I said, who wants Strictly Bets? Everyone, me, 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 me. Everyone put their hands out. I want this, James. I want them. I want your picks. I want your plays. I want your knowledge. But they want it for free, Nate. Can you fucking believe that shit? No, it's honestly, it's, it's blowing my mind over here a little bit, man. I, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I hope that you're going to give them another chance to make themselves right. You know, I'm not big on second chances, you know, but you know, we all make mistakes out here. Maybe they made a mistake, but this is the only second chance. Okay. If I don't see their names, if I don't see the fucking names pop up on that strictly bet store, we're going to have some problems, man. Yeah. They're dead. They're dead to us. They're dead to me. I'll jack up the prices for Oh, James, can I get the picks this weekend? Yeah, for a little yeah. bit extra. For a little bit extra. <laughs> what? The Instagram story said $10. Yeah, not for you. Okay, <laughs> price went up. You don't get that link. You get your Supply own. Supply and demand, yeah. motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Mr. Get Blue got to eat. Get them while they're hot. Blue's got to eat. The whole gang's got to eat. Everybody's got to eat. Like, Everybody's got to eat. 11 for 15? Who's doing that? Who's doing that? No. Nobody. No. So all those pros, all those experts. I'm the fucking expert. Jamokes. Jokes. They don't even come close to James from Strictly MMA, baby. I'm talking about. You want this guy to starve? Look oh, at this. God. You want him to starve? <laughs> look, at, look at that face. Do you remember those commercials where it was like, in the arms of the <laughs> I do. Yeah. I'm going to hell. 
For what? Anyways. The joke or uh, the sweater? <laughs> Dude, come on, there's dinosaurs on it. He's ready. He's in the Christmas spirit, baby. When's the tree going up? A little early for a Christmas sweater, don't you think? That is a good question. You know what's funny? You say that we looked for a Thanksgiving sweater today. We did not find it. We're, so we're going to order no turkey one. costume. There was, well, it's coming. We'll get it. We're going to order it uh, somewhere. I mean, maybe if people, you know, pitch on Strictly Best, you can, you know, feed the dog. Okay. Those are good things. Mm-hmm. Oh, he acting up now. Now he's excited. He knows what we're talking about. Because you flashed him on camera, man. Now he wants more. But anyway, rolling into it, sir. Yeah. You said it before UFC 268, lots coming up. Strictly Bets will be back. However, let's talk about some stuff. Let's get it. We're going to start with your boy, your former dark horse to be the champion, Mr. Michael Chandler. Yes. And the question being Does Michael Chandler have what it takes to get the job done against Justin Gaethje? It's a good question, man. You know, let's let's talk about some of the things that everybody's talking about. Obviously, the leg kicks are coming, right? Michael Chandler puts a lot of emphasis on that lead leg of his. The leg kicks from Justin Gaethje are going to be effective. However, a couple of things that Michael Chandler does have going for himself is his wrestling background. Justin Gaethje has a wrestling background as well. But if you want to look at numbers-wise, I don't think Justin Gaethje has ever offensively shot a takedown in his entire UFC career. Yeah. Uh, zero. Zero percent zero. takedown zero averages percent. 15 minutes, and he has a zero percent takedown accuracy. Exactly. So Justin Gaethje is not shooting takedown. However, Michael Chandler will, and it, it's coming at one moment. And the reason why I bring this up, why it's so significant, mate, because Michael Chandler has a deadly, accurate right hand. That right hand is very explosive. Now, something a lot of wrestlers like to do is they mask the takedown with the right hand or they mask the right hand with the takedown. So when that's coming into the pocket, you don't know if it's a shot and you don't know if it's a right hand. That's how Kamar Usman knocked out Jorge Masvidal. Jorge was expecting a takedown. It was a right hand. So even having the threat of wrestling there is very effective for Michael Chandler. Justin Gaethje, I'm going to take a wild stab at this, is the favorite in this fight. Uh, yes. Hang on. Let me get the zoom out of here. Yeah, you're looking at uh, Mr. Justin Gaethje, minus 220, Michael Chandler, plus 176. Justin Gaethje, minus 220, you say? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's. I think it's fair, and I think there's a lot of uh, – come here, bro. Wants a sweater off. I think there's a lot of recency bias here because Michael Chandler just took that hard fall from Charles Oliveira. So a lot of people are probably, you know – feeling like Michael Chandler doesn't have a chin. Michael Chandler has a chin. That shot from Charles Oliveira, right place, right time, right moment, right shot. That's a little bit of what that was, right? But Michael Chandler has been finished before. You saw Patricio Pitbull put Michael Chandler's lights out when they fought over at Bellator. Um, I guess the answer to the question is Michael Chandler definitely has a chance to win this fight. He's got to incorporate wrestling, and he has to be the one taking center cage, taking control of the octagon, putting the pressure on Justin Gaethje. Because if you let Justin Gaethje, as we know, Nate, just get in a groove, start chopping down on that lead leg, start applying damage early, you're in for a long night. Dustin Poirier beat Justin Gaethje, had trouble walking for a little bit after the fight. That's drastic, not like weeks, but a couple of days after he was, he was banged up. So was Eddie Alvarez. Everybody who fights Justin Gaethje 
it's pretty much guaranteed you're leaving on crutches unless you get them out of there early. Yeah, I mean, fair assessment there, man. You're looking, I mean, Tapology, 77% of the voters are going for Gagey. Uh, the fun stat that you have to bring up every time you talk about Justin, strikes landed per minute, 7.46, strikes absorbed, 7.99. So things are happening. It's going to be a good fight. So you're thinking there might be a little bit of value on Michael Chandler as the dog here, huh? A hundred percent. Look, again, I, I never suggest on a fight like this with a guy like Michael Chandler, who some people might feel is a good matchup for Justin Gaethje's style, bet the house on Michael Chandler. But if you have extra money lying around and you're looking for an underdog that has a good chance at winning, Michael Chandler is your guy. I mean, I said the same thing in the Dan Hooker fight. No one believed me. No one's believed me about Michael Chandler for a while. Now, who am I picking in this fight? You'll have to find oh, out. We're not going to fucking, fucking tell find you. Out. We don't give away shit for free anymore, bitch. Hell no. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, look, yeah, Michael Chandler's a good dog in this fight, man. Like, this is a very close competitive fight. It very well could end in the first round, or it very well could be an absolute war. It's it's one of those things. Like it's it's the same way we looked at Rose and, and Zhang, which we'll talk about in a second. That fight is a fight that has a possibility of both fighters could end it very quickly, or it just turns into a fight of the year contender. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean it definitely does. I just I don't even want to try to predict what's going to happen, man. It's just going to be okay. a good quality fight, and I'm looking forward to it. Did you see? It's starting off the pay per view. I did not. I did not know that, that was the first fight on the main card. No. So it got moved. That's um, interesting. It was very interesting. It got moved for uh, technical reasons. So Trevor Whitman, obviously coach of Rose Namajunas, Kamar Usman, Justin Gaethje, has they moved that fight to the first fight. So um, Trevor Whitman can be in the corner of Justin Gaethje and then, you know, have some downtime for a brief moment to get Rose warmed up and then Kamar Usman. Uh, otherwise, he would be back to back to back to back. That's pretty tough. He's going to be in all those fights. Yeah, he's got a corner all three of them. Two of them are title fights, and then one of yeah. them is just chaos. Damn, bro, I didn't even put that together. That's crazy. Yeah. That oh, is well. absolutely crazy. Two title fights and Michael Chandler and Gagey fight. So, if you're, if you're a betting man, right, you can bet on if Trevor Whitman will go three and zero. Oh, really? Last I saw, it was at like a plus three hundred, which. Trevor Whitman going three and zero as an underdog. Get money, baby. Trevor Whitman doesn't lose very often. I'm not saying he is. Again, you have to go into strictly bets. Maybe I'll throw it in there as like a bonus or something. Of course, but of course. Trevor Whitman. I mean, dude's a genius. You got Kamara Usman, Rose Namajunas, and Justin Gaethje fighting, which are three of the baddest, best fighters on the planet. Might not hurt to throw a little money on that. I'm not saying to do so. Again, you'll find out, but. Right, right. All right, well, let's dive into that, man. We got everything we need to say about Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler off. We're good. Unless you want to throw anything else in there. No, I'm good. I think we covered it pretty well. Money. Yeah, we'll revisit that uh, in the Strictly Bets release. Now, maybe possible fight of the year coming up. As you said, Trevor Whitman's second spot of the night as coach of Rose Namajunas against Zhang Weili. What we got going on here, James? Do you think it's going to be another quick quick uh, one-strike shot in your out, or is it going to be a war? 
you know, I was expecting a war the first time around and obviously it ended very quickly. Rose through that beautiful lead head kick right through the guard of Whaley. Um, I'm still expecting a war this time around because statistically, you know, we want to get number wise, probability wise, whatever. The chance of that happening in the first 90 seconds again is highly unlikely, especially Zhang being very aware that, okay, this girl can put my lights out and Rose understands that Whaley can put her lights out. You get two people that are very dangerous like that at the highest level of the sport. They're going to go in there with a little bit of cautious caution and a little bit of, you know, feeling out and getting the reads down, getting calculated, then going. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Both, like I said, both of them have the ability to do so. I just highly, highly doubt we see this end in the first round again. That would be pretty insane. Um, but I mean, I mean, what are you expecting here? I'm expecting, I'm expecting war. This, th these two are absolute killers in the division. Those two, Joanna, the three of them fight over and over again. I'm expecting wars pretty much every single time. They're durable as hell. Great cardio. Some of the best striking in the sport. I mean, it's, it's going to be a war, man. You're looking at an over here. I mean, what are you thinking? Looking at an over. Okay, interesting. We'll revisit that. Well, you know, I love Rose Namajunas and of course, you know, the best in the world thing. I'm the best. Love that. Absolutely love that. One of the best moments in sports, hands down. Now, like you said, if she doesn't get it done very quickly, we know how powerful uh, Wheelie Zhang is. And I don't know if Rose can withstand the type of war that she's going to bring if it continues to go and go and go. That's a little startling to me, man. Now, Rose is coming in as a plus 100 underdog, actually, and maybe for that reason. Also, if you switch over to Tapology, of course, the fans, they love her. How could you not? 67% think Rose is taking it home. So conflicting there, you know? Underdog money, but the hardcore fan vote. I mean, I get it. I get it. Like, this fight is probably the hardest fight to predict of the night honestly this fight is probably harder to predict in my opinion than kamar uzman and colby covington too i think there's a lot of factors going in we can also throw in Whaley was training with a certain someone who goes by triple c the mr king of cringe the henry cejudo henry cejudo who is very good at game planning for fights he fights everybody differently that's what has made him so good and his ability to adapt in the middle of a fight made him even better when one thing's not working he'll go to something else that doesn't work he'll go to something else and he'll find what is working and he finds a way to win um if any of that has brushed off onto way Lee, i mean watch out um but rose is is similar in a way but I, I will say the thing that does worry me i mean do you remember when she fought jessica andras the second time right <clears throat> oh we've that was a three-round we fight all, we've all seen it you know, that was a three-round fight. If that was five rounds, hypothetically, I mean, it was starting to go in Andrade's favor. It was starting to go that way. She was starting to break down Rose Namunas. And you're looking at Wei Li, who has very similar, if not more, power than Andrade. She has these significant strikes that can add up and really start to break down Rose Namunas. So if I'm Rose, I definitely want to try to end this fight early because you have the cardio to go 25 but do you have the durability to go 25 with a killer like Whaley? 
That's the magic question, sir. I don't, I don't know if there's any other thing that you can say that's going to be more powerful um, when it comes to the outcome of the fight. Of course, we're thinking it. Rose is thinking it. Whitman's thinking it. So they're going to come out there with a plan. I'm not worried about that. It's just whether or not it's going to work, man. 100%. It's expect violence. Let's just put it that way. Expect violence with this fight. Um, if you are you are a betting man, this is one that is, is a tough, bold prediction. Uh, very competitive. Two of the highest level females, two of the highest level mixed martial artists going toe-to-toe on Saturday night. I don't know, you got anything else over there? No, I mean, just uh, over three and a half, sit at minus 150 right now, under three and a half at plus 110. It's a toss-up, absolute toss-up in which way it's going to go. My last thing that I would ask you, Whaley goes out there, dusts Rose. Instant trilogy, right? I would imagine so. As much as, like, I really don't, like... I'm getting a little not not sick of all these rematches and trilogies and, and so on and so forth. But this is a situation where I'd understand it. Like Rose starts during the first fight. If Whaley comes out, starches Rose in the second fight, like you can't just leave it like that. You can't just be like, all right, moving on. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, I, what I if she beats the shit out of her for five rounds? A little bit of a different question, right? Is it? I don't know. Win, win's a win, right? It, if Rose has, it's a little bit of a different question, a different situation, because then you have the argument that, oh, see, the first flight, the first fight was, was kind of a fluke. You know, I got caught, it happened, and then we just fought for 25 minutes and I dominated every single aspect of the fight. Now, if the fight is razor close, and it's different. It's like, okay, maybe we do need to see a trilogy. It's like kind of like, eh, it's not like the Moreno figure situation actually, because the first fight was relatively close. Um, it, it's a weird situation. It's 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 weird. So we'll see. Like, let me ask you this: like, if if when Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor fought, Conor knocked out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. Say they had an immediate rematch like this. Jose beat the shit out of Conor for 25 minutes. Do you want to see a trilogy? I mean, kind of, you know, because like mm-hmm. went out there and you got, so like you step into the cage, you get knocked out in five seconds. Like that's still a win. Like I still got owned. Like if I go right. out there and I get knocked out and dusted by Hamza Chemaev, everyone's on Hamza Chemaev's back because of that. So that's pretty, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with it. I was going to connect it with how that's better than beating someone up for 25 minutes. But, you know, at the same time, you're getting beat up for 25 minutes. I was going to say that Rose could say she was better because it only took her, you know, five seconds. But that's not really panning out, man. So I'm going to back out of this one. I'm going to back out of this one. I thought that I had an argument brewing up, but I lost it somewhere. I'm going to keep it moving, man. Back to you. No, I get what you're saying. Like, I don't like ever expressing uh, the word lucky in mixed martial arts. Like, I don't think I was a lucky punch. Like, because at the end of the day, they're both mixed martial artists. At the end of the day, like, you know the possible scenarios in that fight where, like, the right shot, right time, right place, right moment, submission, someone blowing their knee out. Like, these things occur in this sport. Like, I don't like to say the word lucky 
because I feel like it discredits people. Like, even though I'm not the biggest Conor McGregor fan, I don't like to say, oh, he got lucky against Jose Aldo. No, he fucking timed that left hand, 100%. I'll throw my bias aside with that. He timed and countered that perfectly. He got the job done. Like, it's, it is what it is. Like, a win's a win. So, but, yeah, expect violence with this one, man. Expect 25 minutes. Expect 25 minutes. All right, leave it at that. I think that brings us to the main event. And then into garbage time, Mr. Guy. Um, Kamaru Usman, Kobe Covington, round two, part two. A lot going on. I think the question that you uh, you posed was, is it personal? You missed the press conference today, correct? I did, man. I did. Fill me it's, in. I think it's as personal as you can make it, right? They're bringing up each other's families. You know, Kamaru saying things like, I think your father's disappointed in the way you speak, the way you act, the way you present yourself, because that's not how he is as a person. Kobe's bringing up Kamaro's father that he did prison time, this, this, and that, bringing up his family where he grew up. You know, when you start taking these digs and, and expressing the emotions this way, I don't think it's part of the fight game anymore. This is not just promoting the fight. Like you truly dislike each other i don't think there will really be handshakes after this fight i don't think they'll ever be able to be in the same room as each other except for a situation like this now i think the biggest question is does the personal emotions the personal feelings play into this fight i mean what do you think over there does kamar uzman get invested emotionally in this fight and does kobe covington get emotionally invested in this fight because both of them have admitted the first fight they both were emotionally invested fighting I think you'd be hard-pressed to say that it's not personal and that there's not going to be a lot of emotion going into it. I'd also like to bring up, and this is not an original thought, you know, someone at work put this in my head, but Kamar Usman has been talking a lot about his boxing career, a lot about the Mr. Canelo fight. Could he be looking too far into the future? Or is the emotional part good because it's helping him focus on deleting Mr. Covington. That I don't know. But there's a lot of different ways you can spin it. There's definitely a lot of different storylines. I think that's why this is going to be such a fun fight. I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it's a good question, and it's funny you bring that up because it is something that I have also been thinking about. I've been listening. This card is so big. This card is so massive. Madison Square Garden is sold out. There's interviews everywhere. Media is going crazy with this. And I've watched every, pretty much every interview that has been done. Kamaru Usman's done a bunch. Kobe's done a bunch. And Kamaru has constantly brought up boxing. He's constantly brought up the Canelo Alvarez situation. Something like that does worry me. You know, you start thinking about other things that can happen if you win this fight, the possible scenarios. And I'm not saying he's overlooking Kobe Covington. However, I, I really hope he's not. Because Colby Covington is the guy. Colby Covington, all jokes aside, the persona aside, the shit talking aside, Colby Covington is very fucking good. A lot of pressure, a lot of cardio, a lot of volume, great wrestling. And you're going to see some wrestling here. You're going to see Colby Covington and, you know, shoot some takedowns. And it does not matter if he gets the takedowns or not. Even if he's shooting them and he's forcing the threat to be there, it opens up the striking. It opens up the offense. It creates that thought in Kamaro's head that the takedowns are coming. Um, but I guess to get back to the point about being emotionally invested, Kamaro's always been a guy that's been very emotional and intelligent, you know, for the most part, unless it comes to Colby Covington. 
I don't know. Like I, I we're going to see, I mean, he, he seemed pretty, pretty cool at the press conference. You know, he didn't seem to get too upset. Even when Colby was saying things about his father, they did go face to face and Kamara pushed him, but it seemed more of like a mind game. Kamara was smiling. Colby seemed very angry. I don't know, man. It's a, these are good questions. Well, I'll tell you what, man. If you look, if you look at the odds, Kamara Usman minus three ten, Kobe Covington plus two forty. People are pretty heavily on Kamara. Tapology eighty one percent. Is this as clear and cut and dry as best fight odds and tapology would make it seem? No. No, I I think that is recency biased playing into the fact that Kamara Usman is coming off a big knockout over Jorge Masvidal. So now everybody thinks Kamara Usman is the best boxer in the UFC. Now, don't get me wrong. Kamara Usman's striking has developed a long way throughout his mixed martial arts career. And since he has been with Trevor Whitman, it continues to get better and better and better. But it doesn't, I just don't agree. I personally don't agree with Colby being heavily that big of an underdog being a plus 240, I think Colby is very good, and I think Colby has a chance of winning this fight. I think he has more of a chance than people are giving him the credit for. Um, how he does it, again, we'll save that. But, again, just look for the wrestling. Look for the pressure. Look for the volume. He's going to have to outwork Kamar Usman here, and Kamar Usman is going to have to do a very similar thing, and he's going to have to maintain the center of that octagon maintain control of this fight because as we know if you let colby dictate the pressure it's a long night i don't know what are you thinking over there i i also think man i think we got a live dog all right kamaru Usman is no joke i'm not saying that this is going to be easy but kobe covington at plus 240 i'm thinking DraftKings parlay piece Kobe Covington's going to find his way into some of the lineups. For me, you know, I'm not on the official bets page, but on my tickets, will I be sprinkling in some Kobe Covington? Yeah. Am I extremely confident that's going to happen? Am I going to be telling people that you need to jump on Kobe Covington? No. That's definitely not what I'm going to be doing. But I'm going to have some fun with a live dog here. That's what I got to say. 100%. I feel like especially the way DraftKings is set up, um, I think you're crazy to not throw Colby Covington into that lineup because Colby, Colby Covington is just so offensive. He always yeah, has even a if lot they, of output. Even if they do go the distance and, you know, you don't, you're not going to take down the top of the competition, but Covington's going to score some fucking points on DraftKings. That's for sure. 100%. Both of them are. Yep. So to get him for that, I'm sure he's a low price. I don't know what it is, but go to DraftKings. You'll figure it out. But it'll be worth it. I tell you what, I think... Now, I'm not putting words in, in, in uh, the boss man's mouth here, Dana White. But I think if I'm Dana White, there's a little hint of me, a little piece of me that kind of wants Colby to win this fight. I'm not saying me. I'm saying if I'm Dana White, I'm from a promotional standpoint. You got Jorge Masvidal, Leon <clears throat> Edwards going toe-to-toe next month in December. Colby Covington, if he takes out Kamara Usman, and Jorge Masvidal takes out Leon Edwards, which is a possibility. You then have one of the biggest grudge matches you can set up in UFC history. 
for the UFC welterweight title. And that pay-per-view, Nate, Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal headlining an event somewhere in Las Vegas or a Madison Square Garden, some sorts. Million yeah. pay-per-view buys. I mean, people are already going to lose their mind if Kobe Covington's walking around with a belt, being the you know face of the division, walking around saying all the things that he says to it on the interview. Flabby butt. Does. Flabby butt, John Morgan. That was <laughs> that was something else, man. I uh, the whole uh, the whole common cold thing too. The guy is just uh, he's just on a I'm roll. Shot <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even going to say it, but but yeah. Uh, who knows, man? Even if. Uh, Usman beats Kobe, and then Leon goes out there and starches Masvidal. We still get that match. So I would like it to be a little more exciting and be for the belt, so I think that's what I'm going to root for here. And, you know, if Kamaru Usman wants to go box, I'm going to watch that too. So, you know, whatever. It's, there's a lot of possibilities, right? Like, I think from a promotional standpoint, like I think Dana White wants Kobe to win this fight. But can you imagine, can you imagine the shit-talking? That is going to be done. The welterweight division is going to be the most talked about division if Colby Covington wins this fight. A hundred percent. This dude, you think he posts a lot of half-naked girls and bang energy drinks on his Instagram now? Wait until he wins a title. If this dude has the UFC undisputed fucking welterweight strap around his waist, he's going to have like 80 girls with him at the Playboy Mansion with bang energies coming out of waterfall, like in pools, like filling up the pool with bang energy while drinking it and having sex at the same time with the belt around his waist. Like this dude is going to break the internet. Like, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's like a... It's like a Jake Paul that's legitimate at his craft, you know, <laughs> like he's just trolling everybody. It, the whole thing looks like a TikTok or it looks like a commercial. You can't believe it's true. And with a belt and with being able to call yourself the best welterweight in the world, it's a scary place. And I think some people out there need to realize that it's a possibility here. It's it a real is. good possibility here. It ain't going to be easy, but that's what the world could look like. Man, like, now that we're talking about this, now I'm kind of thinking about, I was like, man, all the pressure is kind of riding on Kamar Usman. Also, I want to throw, yo, shout to Justin Gaethje. Hilarious. Um, Justin Gaethje doesn't talk too much shit, so when he does, I love it. At the press conference, at the press conference, uh, Colby said something to him. And like Justin Gaethje just snaps back and goes, you're a bitch. Fuck you. (laughs) Everyone just started going crazy because Justin Gaethje never talks like that, man. Um, They're back up his mans, bro. Yeah, Gaethje does not like Colby Covington, I guess, because um, there was like a situation. He says Colby's fake. I guess they they all went and met Donald Trump. Trump was in office. It was like Colby, Ali, Gaethje, some other people. And uh, Colby was like super nice to everybody. And then the second he left, he started talking like shit about Ali and stuff like that. And Gaethje's like, yo, we were all just in the same room. Where was that energy? Like now, like you leave. Now you're going to talk all this shit. Justin, Justin Gaethje. I love Justin Gaethje, man. I, I love Chandler too. This is such a hard fight for me, man. I love both of them. I don't want to see either of them unconscious or lose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's tough. All right, dude. We might have made it. Yeah, man, I think that's it. I mean, the whole card is stacked. Like, you got other fun fights. You got, um, yeah, no, can we do some garbage time real quick? 
hundred percent. Go for it. Some more questions to ask you, man. Oh, fire away. You know, just because we we got through the main event doesn't mean that there's not other fun stuff happening here. Uh, you know, again, because I don't want you to give your picks away, but there's a lot of other stuff going on here, man. I would like to know. Yes. Frankie Edgar, Marlon Vera. What the hell's going on here? It's a tough fight. It's a tough fight because it's uh, it comes down to well, obviously, let's talk about the elephant in the room with that. Right, is the age difference. I don't know if you saw, but I put up a fun fact that Frankie Edgar, when he made his UFC debut, Marlon Vera was 14 years old. Absolute insanity. Um, Marlon Vera is now 28 years old. Was Frankie 38? Is that correct? Um, let me get there. Yeah, give me on the numbers there. Frankie Edgar, Edgar, Mr. Frankie Edgar is 40. Is he 40 now? My Uh, man's Frank is 40. So, okay, my point. So Frankie's 40 years old. So big age difference, right? Marlon's entering, Marlon Vera's entering his prime. Yep, 28. And Frankie is is 40. Um, I think the big thing is here is if we're going to see the old Frankie Edgar, the Frankie that incorporated a lot of wrestling, a lot of ground and pound, because if he's going to do that, he's got – a chance to beat the Marlon Vera that we see today. However, if he wants to stand and bang and trade, as we've seen from Marlon Vera's past, the first round he'll kind of not take off, but he'll read you. He'll take a little bit of damage trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work. And then as the fight progresses, he will then start to pick up the damage and those significant strikes and start landing a lot more. And he very well could do that to Frankie Edgar. So you could see a two to one Marlon Vera or Again, if Frankie starts to incorporate that ground and pound, that wrestling, he could definitely outgrapple Marlon Vera. Frank Eric is a phenomenal wrestler. Just depends on what Frankie we're going to see. You know Marlon's going to come for the scrap. You know he's going to come for a dirty fight. He likes to make things dirty. He likes to be in your face. He likes to be throwing elbows. He likes to be in the clinch. He, it, the less clean, the better for Marlon Vera. Not that Marlon Vera doesn't have good technical abilities. He does, but he loves a good scrap. All right, dude. Well said. Well said. You're looking at Frankie Edgar plus 140, Marlon Vera minus 172. Uh, I don't think the tapology voters are in support. No, 32% of them are going Frankie Edgar, 68% Mr. Vera. I understand that. I do. I get it. I'm not, I, I feel like it's fair. You know, especially the age is the big thing, right? Frankie being 40, Marlon Vera 28. Marlon Vera, who's been a very durable guy throughout his career. I mean, like the dude take can, you know, take a shot from just about anybody. He's got cardio. I mean, I get it, man. It's going to be that very well could be a 15 minute scrappy fight. Well, all right. Yeah. Hang on. What's he doing? Lose under the bed. Oh, boy. Did he get something stuck under there? Nah, he just. Just likes to go under there and just be a monster. What was your last question? My last question, man, was Phil Hawes is a minus 340 over Chris Curtis. Yes. Minus 340. Yeah. Seems steep. So, Phil Hawes is someone who worries me from a cardio aspect. We've seen him slow down before. Right, but his last fight, he kind of cleaned that up, right? Yeah. You know, he just he, Phil Hoss is, I think he's great. I think he's got a lot of power, but sometimes I feel like he relies a little bit too much on his power, right? Like, 
everything he throws, I think he feels is going to put you out. And if it does not, I mean, he's still winning fights without knocking people out. So I guess it's not a fair criticism. What do you say he was? Well, but you're right. I mean, the, the Imava fight could have gone either way. That's what I'm saying. The uh, Dawkins fight now. That one was pretty bad. Phil Hawes yeah. took him to school. Big time. But minus 340, I don't know a whole lot about Chris Curtis. I'm not going to lie. It just, when I see Phil Hawes at minus 340, it's just a little early. A little early on the hype train for that, I think. Goes I think out there and gotta, dominates Dawkins. You got to find a way to add value to that, I feel, right? Like, maybe, maybe combine. What's, like, the under on that fight? Oh, boy. I got to get back there. I hit the wrong button. Don't worry, but we'll get there. No, you're good. Like, I mean, like Chris Curtis, like you're looking at a guy with a lot of experience as well. I mean, he's riding into this fight 26 and 8. Yeah, the over 2.5 is plus 100. Under 2.5 is minus 137. I mean, he's riding a five-fight win streak coming into this fight. I understand this is his UFC debut. He was over at PFL where he lost three straight. Um, it's a good question. What would you say the under was? Oh, uh, it was over two and a half plus one hundred, under two and a half minus one thirty-seven. Yeah, see, here's a here's a thing too. It might help out. Um, Curtis has only been knocked out once out of his eight losses in his career. It was not recently. But I don't know, man. I mean, usually with heavy favorites like that as well, like if I'm throwing them in the parlay. Uh, I usually like to try to combine it with a strong underdog or something along those lines. Minus 330 is a pretty heavy favorite. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I mean, it's well. tough. It's tough with a guy like Curtis because not that there's not other competition in other leagues, but let's be honest, the UFC has the most around amount of depth. The UFC has the most amount. I mean, look at the 135-pound division. At the whole top 40 is full of killers, let alone the top 15. So when you take a guy and you put him in his UFC debut, yes, he's 26 and 8. He's riding a five-fight win streak. However, how strong was his competition prior to this? So it's, yes, he has experience, but does he have experience against top-level guys? So you have a guy like Phil Haas now that's been fighting in the UFC for a little bit who is starting to get in this experience with higher-level guys, you know, and he's starting to get, he's getting better. Getting a little bit of better cardio. He's being able to go the distance. Like these ones are sometimes the toughest ones to predict when you take a guy making his UFC debut. I mean, look at Justin Gaethje when he made his debut. Everyone thought Michael Johnson was going to starch him. Look where he's at now. Very true. Very true, man. Got one last one for you. Fire away. Since we're mentioning UFC debuts, I don't think that we can wrap this episode without mentioning Alex Pereira. Holy fuck. Thank you. Yep. Almost forgot. Yeah. That. So it sounds like, you know, you know a little bit about him. Oh yeah. All right, man. Well, what do we got? I, Cause I, I know one very strong fact. It's the only fact needed. That's about all that I got. It is the what only is that fact, fact bro. What is that fact? You're looking at the only man that has put the lights out of the UFC middleweight champion, Israel Adesanya. Yes. It was a little bit ago. It was in kickboxing, mm -hmm. but it's still 17. 
still occurred. Um, this guy has some mixed martial arts experience now. Um, and the other organization he was in was the LFC, correct? Uh, looks like a lot of glory, LFA. Or LFA, excuse me. Yeah. Um, he knocked out someone so bad they didn't really move for like five total minutes. Yeah. Left hook, Thomas Powell. It was nasty. It was, it was quick, compound, boom. This dude, watch out, man. Uh, if he can, if he can compete in mixed martial arts the way he competed in kickboxing, you got a you got a real problem entering the middleweight division again. Now that being said, mixed martial arts totally different world. Will he be able to get back to the point where he would be facing his Rodasanya again? I'm not too sure. However, it does make things interesting that this guy and he's being Izzy twice. Let me put that out there. What? He's being Izzy. He's being Izzy twice. Correct? Did I just make that up? No, you're right. He won by unanimous decision in 2016. Yep. Then he KO'd him. Correct. Let me ask you, man. Pereira by TKO, minus 115. Looks pretty good. Yeah, by by TKO. Overall, he's minus 260. By TKO or KO. Minus I'll give you this for free. Like I would bet on him. The dude's striking is insane. Free bet of the week. His his striking is no joke, and it translates over into mixed martial arts. Like, there's a reason him and Izzy took so long to come fully into mixed martial arts because they wanted to craft their abilities. They wanted to be at the highest level of striking, and obviously it's paying off. I mean, look at where Izzy's at. Izzy's there because his striking is is so good, and people struggle that much to face. I mean, look at look at Marvin Vittori and Paul Acosta. They just had an absolute war. Look what Izzy did to both of them. He's at the highest level. These are facts. I mean, the only thing we can go over to UFC stats, Chris Curtis, takedowns averaged for 15 minutes, 0.75. Takedown accuracy, 50%. So, not necessarily the strongest grappling numbers. Right. But I don't see him trying to stand up. I just don't see how that's the game plan. With Piera? Yeah, or no, obviously Pereira's going to stand up 1,000%. Oh, talking about yeah, Curtis. yeah. yeah There's no way. There's no way you're in there trying to – I mean, maybe he's just going to clinch work it up. I don't know. I don't know. I no, think it's a good I, bet. I'm locking it in as well. He'll be in the parlay. I, I suggest unless you are Israel Adesanya or like a Robert Whitaker, don't strike with this man. Yeah. Even then? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Even then, obviously. Look at the link. I don't know how. Look I, at the record. I don't know how good his grappling is. I don't. Right, right. How could you? Right. You know, I haven't really seen. I didn't watch the LFA fight. I'm gonna be honest with you. So, I'm very excited for that, though. Thank you for bringing that up. Almost forgot that was on this card. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's those are the those are the highlights that I wanted to point out, man. Hundred percent. And uh, look. We haven't been uh, going live too much Saturdays. We're bringing that back this weekend. We're hitting that. Live. Going live on the Instagram this Saturday, hour before the fights. Too big of a card not to do it. Um, I don't know if I have a new fight night shirt. I don't know what I'm going to be rocking, but look, I'm going to have a cut water in here. Okay. Okay. We'll figure something out. Yeah. I'm going to have a cut water rocking. I know Nate's probably going to have a Bud Light. Probably. Most likely. Um. 
what else, man? We'll wrap it up with that. Look, this don't miss. I don't know what you're doing this Saturday, but it cannot be more important than this. It cannot be more fun than watching this fight card. Like you got some banger after banger after banger, dude. And we didn't even talk about all of them. We didn't even talk about Shane Burgos. We didn't talk about Odie Osborne, man. We didn't talk about Dustin Jacoby. Like, so, so many different things to look forward to. There's so many. Nate and I don't even have the time to talk about all of them in one episode. We'd have to make multiple episodes talking about all of these fucking fights. Yeah, it would take hours. And this episode is brought to you by Strictly Bets. If you want the easiest money you will ever make, you want all the fight picks, you want the parlays, you want the underdogs, then, I mean, you're stupid to not be going to something like this. Strictlybets.online. We do all the work. We do the homework. We do the analyzing. We watch the fights. We make the picks. And we set it up for you. All you have to do, Nate, you just hit purchase. You hit purchase. You get the downloadable link. Boom. You're at all the fights. It's that easy. All the highlighted names are all there for you. It tells you what to do. It tells you how to lay it out. And then you go to your whoever you bet through. Uh, wink, wink. I don't know who you're doing it through. Look, none of that is any of my business. My business is just bringing you the best fights that I can possibly bring you. Strictlybets.online. I mean, don't miss out. Easy money. I mean, the prices are going to, the supply and demand is going to go up. So are the prices. So don't I mean, miss out now. You might as well, 74%. I mean, it ain't going to stay like that forever at that price. We are 40 and eight in the last four events. You know what's going to go with that number 40? It's just going to keep going up. That eight might not even move, Nate. We That's might fair. even hit at 100%. Yeah. I think it's very possible. We don't miss. Mm-mm. Ever. Mm-mm. Nope. Strictly bets are online. All right. Anyways, enough of the plug. Thank you guys for being here. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening, Nate. Wrap it up with anything you want to throw in there. Listen, I need everyone to have a great rest of your week. We'll see you an hour before the big show on Saturday. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. We will see you Saturday afternoon. Night.